Just the Nitrocircus Redneck. <laughs> I haven't listened to any of your podcasts. Of course not. $13,000 and half of it was Harbor Freight. Hell yeah, buy the what? whole store. Well, we're going to go celebrate with some cream sodas and get screwed up like a cricket in a hubcap. <laughs> Are you getting a tattoo before you leave Shreveport? No. I guarantee you that's 150 miles of Dukes of Hazard. Don't scare money, don't make money. And three, two. All right, here we go. And welcome back to another episode of Checkers Records. And this is a special episode. Surprisingly... We have a special guest this week. And so starting with my right, I'm going to introduce everybody. We've got reigning champion, bring about the world champion belt, Dustin Henderson. Three weeks in a row. Holding it down. <laughs> yeah, holding it down. To my left, we got Quinn Daniels, always helping host out in here, warranty killer owner, doing big things. But the special guest for this show, my man, America's favorite redneck or everyone's favorite redneck? The the term I've been given is everyone's favorite redneck. It's not just America. He is international. It's everyone's favorite Everyone. redneck. That is you, a bold, bold statement right that, there. That's a big claim. I didn't make it. Mr. Nitro Circus, Mr. Steal Your Girl. <laughs> <laughs> just the Nitro Circus redneck. Hubert Rowland. <laughs> Stepping into the studio with his busting beats and freaking showing up late if i do say so why do you say late who said who said late? i didn't have a time y'all left at the same time and we were just trying to figure out if yeah. you got lost we left at the same time on a three-hour drive and you were an hour behind me when i got here well first of all how were you even talking like you didn't know i was coming yeah i did, <laughs> I, did. I know everything well, there are no secrets in this world we've been planning this for a couple of weeks now we literally tricked said you they were this. gonna rope you i told it. you when we left i run 70 miles an hour I don't think it's no no secret. Two things that I know about you, and probably most people do, is A, you don't break the speed limit. You take your time when you're pulling a trailer. And B, you're very particular about where your vehicles get parked. <laughs> true and true. Okay. I go 70 because that's where the best mass, gas mileage is. I'm all about them MPGs. Right. Fair enough. And, I mean, you saw that in the desert racing. Yeah. I mean, we went, what was it, Silver State 300, y'all were stopping for gas, and I did a whole thing on one tank. And he only had a stock fuel cell in there. It was well, like 300 yeah. miles on a stock fuel tank. Well, I didn't know you, didn't no. know you raced that race. Yeah, that you was did? a couple years ago. It had a 30-gallon tank on it, and I went the whole thing on one tank. Dude was getting 10 miles a gallon. We average five and a half miles a gallon in a race, and he's getting 10 miles a gallon. I could have done the King of the Hammers on a tank and a half. Did you race King of the Hammers this year? Of course. Where were you? Sleeping. Uh, <laughs> Rest sounds about right. No, sounds actually, about right. I was actually snowboarding. So obviously the, the gas mileage is uh, why you drive the speed limit. But you're really particular about where you leave your vehicles. Yes, extremely particular about where I leave my vehicles. Of course, gas mileage, that's money. And... Unfortunately, I'm not made out of money. Yeah. I wish I was. I yeah. would sell fingers and whatever else, <laughs> uh, whatever you don't really need. But, yeah, I'm not made of money, so we got the best gas mileage we can, less stress on the truck. Even though I got a new truck this year, yeah, I really bit, really bit the bullet and bought a truck and really never thought in my life I'd buy a new truck. It's Fancy sweet, one. too. I synced it. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Well, so is the payment. So, <laughs> <laughs> A fancy one, though, uh, a new F- F450? A 450 Platinum. And a, yeah, he went big yeah, dog. I didn't, I didn't really do that, but I think the dealer kind of set me up. And we're friends with the dealer, and they're like, yeah, this is the only dually we have. 
Out of 15. Of course. They hit all of course. Out of 15 stores. I was like, wait a minute. How does, <laughs> how does that work? Told Hubert, the only one we got is this $85,000. Yeah. It's the last one. If you want it, you got to take it now. Yeah, and it was at the end of the end of the year, and I was like, all right, well, you know, I, I've got some other stuff, uh, other trucks, stuff I need to sell. Can I come back on Friday? They was like, oh, it's leaving today, whether you take it or not. And I'm like. They got you on that one. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, I guess. A strong arm if I ever seen <laughs> yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely strong arm, but they, they cut me a hell of a deal, and um, I got a, a good truck that I don't have to think about when I'm driving. Just drive it. Yeah, for the sure. The other truck had 318,000 miles on it. Bro, he Ain't gets, nothing we keep to 318,000 miles. And I mean, it was it was a Ram. It was still an original <laughs> transmission. It drove nice. It ran good, but it was on the borderline of like, if something catastrophic goes bad, it's half the value of the truck. Yeah. And therefore, I'm going to have to keep it until I'm 80. Yeah, <laughs> so it wasn't worth putting more money into. It was time to let no, it go. No, I, I let it go, and they were super happy with it, and I had some other machines and parts and whatever else, and had a little yard sale around the house. What you talking about? You was trading him, like, old side-by-side parts on the truck? like Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, I've got this hub. Like, it's... I, I had... <laughs> seen one race. I had, like, 15 used tires. <laughs> I had used wheels with scrapes in them. Uh, what I, kind of dealership are you trading well, in? You at? a Mexican it's tire like, shop. <laughs> it's all stock takeoff stuff, <laughs> and I mean those are big money if you find the right people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's the two main reasons. And the reason I'm picky about where I park it. Yes, yes. In 2016, I was riding at Winrock Park, uh, the big spring ride. I come out of the hotel, and my truck and trailer and UTV was gone. From the from the hotel parking lot. Yes, it was gone. It was parked. Everything. On, yes, everything gone. Like I parked it here, and it's not there. So I went back inside and uh, told the lady, I was like, "Where in the world is my truck?" Uh-huh. She's like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Well, I parked it right here, and if it's not here, I hope to God y'all towed it. Because mm-hmm. if you didn't, someone stole it." She said, "Oh, we don't we don't tow trucks. Are you sure you uh-huh. parked it there?" I was like. I don't drink, and I came in at like 9 o'clock. That was good. So I know where I parked it, and it was on camera. A guy walked out of the dark at roughly 3.30 in the morning and in five minutes drove away. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Hubert. Let me stop you because I learned something on the, on the <laughs> previous podcast. Did you leave the keys in the truck? <laughs> no. And the and the doors unlocked with the no. keys in your girlfriend's purse. Because no. that happens. Yeah, you will get a truck stolen real quick like no, that. No, I had the keys in my pocket. And the keys to the UTV in my pocket and all that stuff. And that was uh, that was a big loss. Oh, and it was very unfortunate. I had to call friends I was riding with, and I was like, hey, uh, I need a ride home. They're like, what do you mean? And I was like, my truck and trailer just got stolen. <laughs> they were like, okay, we'll be there to pick you up. I'll be honest with you. If you listened to our last podcast, you would know you should have just called us. Called us. <laughs> had that thing back in 24 hours. <laughs> we are so good at recovery on Grand Theft. Well, that would be nice. I... I had Travis and Kim Block and numerous people. It was shared over a million times. Never found it. They never found it. Crazy thing was that happened in April. In February, I got a call from the detective said, we found your UTV. And I didn't really believe him. I was like, can you send me pictures? I said, I'm, I'm sure you found something. Yeah. Probably not my machine, but, you know, we'll go with it. He sent me pictures, and it was it. It still had the Hess steering quickener on it. Everything the same. And, no, actually. <laughs> spray painted, oh, spray painted no. black. Let's speculate. <laughs> well, some of the stuff was spray painted back, but so wherever. He told me it was in uh, Newport, Tennessee, uh-huh. which is Cock County, which is known for chop shops. What county? Mm. What county is it? 
C O C K E, Cock County. I think that's Salony. It's Coke County, I believe. Well, whatever. That's what they. That's what they told me. So I called. I went up there and looked at it. It was at Impound Yard Highway Patrol. Uh, told me all about it. It was found at the back of a cornfield. Some hunters ran across it. They mm-hmm. called it in. It was towed in in October, and it wasn't identified until January. That sounds like my dirt bike. Mm-hmm. But they peeled the serial number off the wire harness and got a hold of OEM and matched it up, matched it back up. Wow. So I, I get there, and this old guy, he was like, you know, okay, well, it's up here and whatever. This guy lives on this property. It's a, a circle track, a junkyard, a repo yard. Oh, everything. All on the mountainside here. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling him what happened. And I was like, I wonder how many of these cars in your impound yard are stolen. You know, and he's like, well, I don't know. I just pick them up. I was like, no, I'm not saying that. I, right. You know, I just, I wonder. He's like, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. So he takes me all the way up to the top of the hill where his house is. And behind this shed is a little grassy area that's gated off for stuff that's like been identified. We get out of the truck, and he said, see that dog right there coming from the house, like, okay. like kind of trotting our way? I was like, yeah. He said, don't look at him. He'll bite you. Okay. All right, cool. Don't <laughs> make like, eye contact. I said, excuse me? He's like, just know where he's at, but don't look at him, because if you look at him, he will bite you. He said, he'll bite me. What on earth? And he had, there's, we passed like five dogs on chains. They're yeah. just going crazy. And he's, I said, how on earth does a dog get that mean? He's like, no one touches them mm-hmm. ever, mm-hmm. and I only feed them, and that's it. Yeah. I was like, holy cow, because when, when 5 o'clock comes, they close the gate and release the hounds. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I was like. You said don't make eye contact. I was kind of like watching around this dog. I'm like, what in the world's <laughs> going on here? But I showed up with a spare key, fired it up, and I said, there it is. They took a large portion of the aftermarket stuff off and put stock stuff back on. So oh, it so you came, didn't even it have came, to. It came with front and rear window now. Yeah. A new roof. Yeah. Stock cage. Didn't even have to work on it. Just got in and rode well, it. Well, I mean, it didn't have no seats in it and a few other things, uh-huh. but uh-huh. they pulled the wrap, and I took it home. Uh, and actually, first, he said, oh, well, there's a there's a storage charge. I was like, well, there was no. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I was like, there's no insurance claim on this. This is a total loss. And he's like, yeah, it's uh, $3,500. I, oh. I, like, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was like, it ain't costing you a dime to mm-hmm. sit right there because you ain't even mowing the grass around it. <laughs> yeah, so it ain't in your way. You've probably said, been using it. I said, I'm I'm. Was he feeding them dogs fillets? <laughs> <laughs> well, if it, if it sat there from October to February, yeah. I mean, it adds up. And I was like, I said, look, man, I said, I'm self-employed. I get it. Mm-hmm. I was like, you, you've got to have money to survive. I said, but at the same time, I said, that's a little bit much. And got him down to like a thousand bucks. From 3500 What kind of haggling did you do with this dude? Well, I mean. You had some old spare tires and rims in it. <laughs> So I, I mean, I, I gave him a thousand bucks. I mean, I get it. You know, you're sure, self-employed sure. and whatever. Sure. So gave him that, and we loaded up, and I took off, and I had a bunch of stock parts that taken off, and made it like near brand new again, mm-hmm. and I gave it back to the dealership because it was a demo. Oh god! And they done marked you, it off. Did and you like, tell them what happened to it? No, no, they they knew right out of the gate. I called the guy that day, mm-hmm. and I said, "Man, I'm extremely sorry. Mm-hmm. This is what happened." And he was like, "Man," he said, "I hate it." He said, "I hate it more for your truck." He's like, "You know, we can." We can make claims or whatever and, and whatever, but I ended up, I gave it back to him, and I didn't even tell him I had it. I just waited for Tennessee to reissue the VIN, yeah. put it on there, made it all brand new, cleaned it up nice. It literally had 150 miles more on it than when I had it. That's it. You know, they didn't, I mean. They didn't ride it much. Maybe they were scared of all the posts or whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever. They're, they're dumb, but not. Yeah. I guarantee and, you that's 150 miles of Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> 
It very well may. in Tennessee. You know they was jumping creeks. In that <laughs> but, I mean, either way, I took it back to the dealer. They were super pumped. They were, Man, we thought it was a loss. And then, oh, there you go. You know, you can do whatever. And they were pumped. I mean, everyone was pumped. Of course, my truck was still gone. And... Thirteen thousand dollars worth of tools, Gosh. Um, and parts, and whatever else. But you know, we just luckily half of it was Harbor Freight. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> of course, of course. Thirteen thousand dollars and half of it was Harbor Freight. Well, yeah, buy the whole store. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we bought the whole store. Uh, Come on, boy, we're we, about to get you a Pittsburgh shirt. <laughs> let's go on Exaggeration Station over here. Holy that cow! Bet, that truck had to have a camper shell on it. <laughs> to yeah. Hold all that. But either way, you know, um, then I. Got the Ram, and the Ram has lasted me until now. Yeah, and three hundred eighteen thousand miles. So yeah, now we're let, let's go back to that Razor though. If I know anything about the boys from Tennessee, that they they a little bit into hill shooting. So that one hundred fifty <laughs> miles had to be in one hundred fifty miles of hill killing. Come um, on, <laughs> come on. Maybe I can't I can't say or speculate. All I know is it was still in good shape. It wasn't mud stained. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it had just been cruised down the road because the tires were a little warm, but nothing crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and for the motor to not even be mud stained yet. Well, it ain't been hurt on too bad. Or mm-hmm. there's some hella washers. Yeah, yeah, they got some good. <laughs> they were using what? simple green on the motor, keeping it clean. Yeah. So, so I, I, need, I need to ask y'all, like, where in the world do you get this table and these colors and <laughs> and the skull? Like, is this arts and crafts over here? Like, sweet, isn't it? Like, That's sweet. Who decorated it? I mean, honestly, dude. When did you decorate so, that? No, no, I don't have the patience for this. We, uh, we got the table made by a company here locally. Um, this was bought in Guadalajara uh, for that ride in uh, Texas to Ruta Vallarta. No, Mexico. Oh, and they okay. were they, look at that. That's like some kind of wax. turquoise. Yeah, wax. Well, no, they put them on there by hand. Each individual. It's piece. a real some guy, some human was, skull. Yeah, they said it was a monkey skull or something. I don't know. It looks like a human skull. Yeah, yeah that's a human skull if I've so, ever seen one. For and sure. Guadalajara is the uh, capital of the cartel. So there's no telling where this came from. Nice, oh, nice. What else did it come with? Mm. Mm. Is there any hidden compartments? No, we haven't got so. that far into it. Well, it's closed off, so yeah. I don't know. We just progressively started accumulating stuff. People sending stuff in to put on the podcast table. Some of the stuff on the walls is wrecked cars that I've torn up. So wrecked this one at the Baja One Thousand. Dustin remember made that. I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin made me hit a uh, a rock at Vegas Torino going rather quickly. Don't remember that one. And then the other one, we're just Americans. And then this dude, well, I don't, we don't yeah, know. Yeah, D. D nobody, literally nobody even knows who this dude is. He just, he just sent in a picture and said, check out what I did. Yes. Yeah, that was a, uh, what do you call them, viewer submission? Yes, that yes. viewer submission. That's pretty awesome. I'll say that. I don't dress like that when I get on Southwest. So I think. Uh, He's a good looking dude, though. <laughs> Hubert, you got to tell them because obviously you told me a crazy story earlier today. Cock County, huh? No, it's a different county at all. <laughs> you know, some people that make moonshine up that way. I, they don't really make it, but they know how to get it. Uh-huh. And moonshine is the people like that that make it like out in the woods is different than the regulated stuff you find in the in the stores mm-hmm, and whatever mm-hmm. else. Um, just because it's so regulated where their stuff, if they didn't know what they're doing, it'll make it go blind. Oh, um, what? No, like literally, like something with the retinas in your eyes and yeah, it'll, the it'll contents and stuff like that. You talking about like if you poured it in your eyes? No, no, no. I'm talking about drinking. <laughs> you drink it. Like it. If, if you drink, if it, it wasn't like distilled correctly or for the right amount of time. So you telling me when it comes to making moonshine, like there's a fine line between enjoying yourself and going blind? Uh, the the line's pretty, pretty wide, pretty fat, but still it happens. What or they, it can happen. Yeah, there's, yeah, the, like the the old timers will tell you that for sure. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it'll make you go blind. Yeah, they take a spoon. Have you never seen them do that? No. They take a spoon, and there's the first part of the the moonshine that comes out in the jar, and they're watching it and smelling it, and they'll take a spoon, and they burn it. If it lights red immediately and burns red, it's not ready. It has to burn blue, and then it's at the right temperature and everything. That's pretty yeah. wild. Yeah, it'll literally make you go blind. You've never heard that? i never heard of that. Dude, yeah. I've seen people bring in moonshine to... Mud rides and pickle jars, and be like, "Hey, man, y'all, y'all drink this. Pass this around. There's a chance they could go blind if doing they, that if they didn't get it to the right temperature yeah. and, didn't, and it didn't evaporate and everything yeah. condensed right. Yeah, yeah, that's my kind of people. That's living on the yeah. edge. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, living on the edge. But with that being said, I was up there at their at my buddy's shop up in the mountain one day, and I had asked to get some moonshine for some friends. Yeah, and they told me how much it cost, so I went up there to go get it, and you know. The people that make it only deal with probably two people, mm-hmm. and everyone has to deal with them. Got it. And the guy was telling me, well, you know, he knew of the people that got it, but he didn't really direct deal with them directly. And about that time, a semi-truck showed up and looking for a certain address. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's down at the bottom of the mountain. You go down there, and it's a little, little shack on the right. And he's like, that's where it is. The guy said, all right, all right, you know, I'll go down there. And he's like, why on earth? Would someone need a tractor trailer mm-hmm. load of mason jars? <laughs> That's what he was bringing. That's what he was bringing. Now, like it was probably two or three pallets full of mason jars, and he's like, "Oh, it's a little, 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 little camp down there, or whatever." And you know, you'll find it. And he went down there and they unloaded it. And the guy stopped back by on the way back, and he was, he was asking the question again. He's like, "Man," he said, "These old people are probably eighty something years old. You know, why would?" Why would someone need that many mason jars? Well, they do a lot of canning back there. <laughs> and, uh, they're putting okra in. They're putting. <laughs> he's like, well, that's funny. I didn't see a garden anywhere. He's like, always oh, way back here in the woods. They got it pinned up to keep deer out. You're you know? asking too many questions. It's time to move on. Yeah, it's time for you to keep on moving yeah, while you're ahead. Yeah, you're just supposed <laughs> to be dropping stuff off. <laughs> this sounds there. like an episode of Dukes of Hazard for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, were, you, you, you claim to take care of stuff, but I. I vividly remember out of Trail Hero just a couple of months back, you go in full yard sale on just about a brand new car. I remember that. Very, was it, was it a rental? No, I don't, oh no. No, it was his. That's that's the crazy part. It was yours. Before before he tells a story, I know you'll remember. Do you remember he did like four dry runs where he was just going D to R? D to R. <laughs> he'd run 75% up the hill, and then it started doing this. Cram like, it R. And then he'd cram it in R and put it on the floor. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. You learned that from the hill killer guys. The hill killers? It worked. That's it a, worked. That's how you get back out of it. But there comes a certain point, there is no more R. Yeah. It's just go. You just go for it. And um, I... That you did. What, what's funny is I've got some friends that are hill killers, and like one of them is like Timmy Cameron. Timmy Cameron is awesome mm-hmm. probably one of the best in the country and he's he's not really that person to go up and back up and back up and back he knows he does all the time he knows what he can do he knows what his machines can do mm-hmm. he knows how it reacts no matter what and he just goes and he makes it all work well i don't do it that much <laughs> no so you got to test the water so we do a little bit of testing and i know some people that do testing like oh we'll get 15 25 runs in here Mm-hmm. Basically, pack her in like pavement before yeah, you even before go. you try. <laughs> no, I don't like to be that guy either. And y'all are all in seventy-two inch machines, uh-huh. and definitely in an area where there's a big V out, that is an advantage. But I'm like, oh, I'm in sixty-four. I've already done pretty good today. It should work. But it was one of those hills that it was steep enough that you're not just crawling it. Mm-hmm. Like you have to use some momentum to at least get there. 
And I walked up a couple of times and it kept slipping over. And then y'all lined me up in a good line once and it, it was pretty square. But in my head, I knew it was probably going to slide in no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I looked around and there's, and this is all going through my head like within a five second span. I'm like, all right, go, go. There's a lot of cameras. <laughs> oh, well. And I just pinned it. And <laughs> there was a lot of people watching too. So it was, it was uh, me, you were out there. Ken Block, yep. Casey Curry, Sarah Price, R.J. Anderson, the Tempt Media Crew, our video crew, your video guy, Monster Media uh, Crew, Aaron Casada, um, Monsters Video Crew. Like yeah. there was people with eyeballs on. You <laughs> there right was there. everyone, and quite a few people have made it up. And whether they struggled or not, they made it up. Yeah, I'm like well. I'm not going to be that guy. And, and you're over here like, well, you ain't got to do it. And I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, you like, knew. No, like you, you're you trying to pull out those little words. <laughs> but to your credit, like that hill was sketchy. Uh-huh. Oh, like, it was I went for around sure. It. I, I wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. It was for sure. But I just winged it back, threw it on the floor, and hopefully it'll go. And, and it when didn't. It, well, it went straight backwards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that thing hooked. And it got that old nasty hop. And it came down, and you heard that back axle. Go Blowed it out. Oh, man. And it, it rolled over. It was actually very smooth because it, it uh-huh. tipped over to the wall. Uh-huh. And it, it slid to the wall, and then it just continued. It wasn't like straight backwards, straight to the roof. Mm. It, it slid its way down. There was and part, it, there it, was it buckled around, and I, oh, yeah. I watched the windshield spider, and I was like, oh, that's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was a list of parts there. So when just you and I were looking at it. You broke a rear axle, mm-hmm. both drive shafts somehow. The long one from the transmission and the the small one to the front differential. That means things was turning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh he yeah. had it on the wood. He did. So he was at grave digger RPMs when it went down. <laughs> yeah, so he was digging deep, even on rock. <laughs> Busted the windshield, broke the light bar, throw the spare tire off. Spare radiator, tire carrier. Radiator. Yes, and then the radiator. Busted My little the light bar punched a little pinhole in the radiator. Yeah. So yeah, and that made a. I mean, it was great footage. But it would have been a lot worse had I not been there to save it. I don't know, if you, I don't know if you watched the video, but pretty well I saved the day on that deal. Yeah, of course. Did he ever thank you for that? I didn't ever hear him say that. <laughs> I, don't remember any kind of, I don't remember any kind of save the day. Oh, I do. I do. oh, dude, this thing was just flipping end over end, just getting worse. You, you know how it is. Like, you, you remember it a certain way. So the video may not be exactly like I remember it, but it's, this is how I remember <laughs> Tell it. Tell us your hero story. He started flipping, and so it was like only like 10 foot to a – 150, 200 foot ledge off mm-hmm. the side of that hill that was vertical. It was at, it was at uh, the maze out in uh, Sand Hollow in Utah. And so, bro comes rolling down the hill, and it looks like it's building speed to me. Seven you, or eight times, he probably already flipped. Yes. And so, he gets to the bottom of the hill, and I'm just so happen to be standing there. I'm like, bro, if I don't do something, Hubert's gone for good. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I grab a hold of the rear, tight, rear, rear bed, dude, and I just freaking lock down on it. Got her slowed down and just dropped it back on the tires. I'm, I'm going to give you the footage of the video. That way we can really let the crowd. Am I wrong? Dis- no, we thought you was a goner. Description this. <laughs> because at the bottom of that hill was a big flat area about half the size of a basketball it court. It was a small flat area. <laughs> small flat area. Yeah. But yes, it was still being a little tipsy and it was going to fall and you just gave it that extra little push to help it get flat. Dude, so. that thing was so nice too. Oh, it was. 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 Well, it, <laughs> was. it is Send now. It to the chop shop. It is now. We, <laughs> we fixed it. We uh, The candy cane, the drive shaft looked like candy cane when it pulled yeah, it out. Yeah, it's a weird thing. He's got the similar story about, yeah, that razor got stolen that, that night. night. <laughs> All of a sudden, no. that one was missing. We had a little no. side bet going on who who we thought was not going to make it up the hill. 
Well, I mean, I don't know if you bet on me or not, but if you did, you won something. No, I did. I did. I did. You won a show. <laughs> Dustin did bet on you. Oh, well, uh, that's good to know. But that poor, poor machine. And crazy thing is, dude, radiator spewing fluid. And, like, he walks around and looks at everything. He's like, I'm going to try to drive back to camp. <laughs> Fires it up, dude. We've heard those calls. Yeah. I, just, I had to get back to camp. What do you mean? You could have rode with somebody and towed it. No. Nah. Had to get back. <laughs> we, nah. I, we drove it out of there. And then Casey Curry hooked it to his Jeep. And drug me basically to the top of the hill, turned me loose, and I coasted for probably about three miles. Back in really? camp? No, no, no. That's a neutral roll race. That's not a coast. Yeah. yeah. Either way. <laughs> it poor, was a good time. That poor machine. Poor well, it, it looks great right now, minus a couple of scratches. Clean back up. Fixed good it go. right back up. No big deal. Well, yeah. Was it worth it? Oh, heck yeah. Okay. That's you know that, that means. It means it's time to go back to southern Utah. <laughs> oh, here we go again. Time for another trip. <laughs> but before that, that was all the way at the end of that uh, no, trail. That, like, yeah. That little thing was getting it up till then. No, the last last day, last of That's the week. That's right. Yeah. The whole ride. We'd been riding for a week out there. That was the last day, the last trail. Like, we were done after that. That was that's the best time to do it. If you're going to show out, do it on the last one. You're right. But it's always that one time to get you when you're like, all right, dude, we're just, let's just hit it one more time. <laughs> Let's just try oh, it one and, more and like we're done. Nitro Circus, we you never say one more. We're just gonna do it again. Yeah, <laughs> you don't say one more time. Never. That's when it one always one more goes. is always bad. That's when it always every goes time. Bad. You know what gave him his confidence is when uh, uh we were at that one little hill climb and we <clears> took the defender up it. Oh yeah. And then uh Hubert came in and took that sketchy line up <laughs> yeah, the side. That's right. Started flexing that's on everybody. Right. Well, I, I went up this little stair step area and I thought that's where it went. And then all of y'all go around it. Like you side hill, so it uh-huh. looked more dramatic. Where I'm just banking it like a wheelie on a bike and slamming it in there. <laughs> he was, dude. He took the worst line up that hill. But I, I was like, well, that's that's the straightest way. We're going that way. Had to give the people what they want, <laughs> even though there was no fans out there. Dude, in the truck a minute ago, you travel a lot. We we drive a lot, and so we we got on this kick where we mount our iPad in the truck and like we hotspot it to our telephone because we've got those twenty hour drives going out west, and we started watching documentaries and stuff you you were telling me like you carry an ipad in your truck too yes i have the 12 inch ipad which is the biggest one you can buy no no we got it we got 13 we got 13 inch ipad (laughs) you hadn't i forget where i'm at my bad (laughs) you haven't heard of it yet (laughs) yeah it's prototype stuff but i have that mostly i use it for mapping to make new maps and stuff like that or trace trails or whatever i'm going to do yeah but we've loaded a handful of dvds on there yeah Anything from Step Brothers to Lone the Survivor. Be, the best. The, the best ones. Uh-huh. And you've seen them so many times, it's not like you're watching it. It's just something to keep your mind off mm-hmm. of driving for 36 hours. That's yeah. all. <laughs> and it does help, dude. But we've got on these kicks now of watching those uh, those like true crime mysteries. Like we watched uh, um, Night Stalker. Good. Super good. We watched a couple of other ones. What, what were some of the other ones we watched? Uh, we watched a Mafia one. I forget the names of it. If there. this stuff is so new, many. y'all are dangerous on the road because y'all are like... We're glued to it. Yeah, we're glued to it. <laughs> on the on all those true crime, uh, like murder mystery things, there's always a facial sketch of like the <laughs> dude that did it. So like, what was the one from Night Stalker? What was that guy's name? Uh, Richard Ramirez. Richard Ramirez, which was an insane dude. If you haven't watched that, you got to watch Night Stalker. It is your water crazy, crazy. You're sucking on it. <laughs> you know when you try it and you're like, that doesn't taste like my lips. That's, <laughs> That's for sure. You know who else does that Jeez. all the time? This one right here. No, Drinks I out of your He'll drink your drink in the truck in a minute. Is he the one that gave everybody Corona? <laughs> 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 it's because y'all put him in my part of the console. But the facial sketches, dude. I, 
we were talking about earlier and thinking like, can you imagine trying to describe to somebody what another human looks like? If I close my eyes right now and somebody was like, all right, describe Quentin's face to us. I'd be like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, it's round. <laughs> He's got a nose in the middle. But like those sketches are so accurate. Them. Dude, they're I, so accurate when they're done. I don't know if I believe it once it's produced on TV. You know how that goes. Because there's, they are. They're literally super accurate. How? And they'll put them up on like uh, on news channels and be like, this is what the guy looks like. And when you fast forward to the end of the documentary, you're like, dude. That's, looks like him. That sketch looked exactly like that, dude. It doesn't even make any sense to me. No, for sure. After you finish the sketch with me, if I was to sit down with somebody and go, I, it would look like Mr. Potato Head. Big Bird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hard pressed to drive a or uh, draw a stick figure. That's what I'm saying. I couldn't describe to you what somebody looks like. They probably do what Josh does all the time. That really uh, irritates really irritates me. Um, <laughs> ask you ask you a question like four different times, mm-hmm. or ask you keep asking you the same question but in a slightly different <laughs> each time. I get it because it does work. Like it does it, uh, evoke different responses. So that's got to be what they do for sure. Like, well, what does his nose look like? Um, Kind of like mine. It had two holes in it. <laughs> All right, was it a wide nose? <laughs> no. Did he have two lips or one? <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now in the, nowadays it's, it could be easy. It's of course easier nowadays with technology yeah. because I mean it could be like an app and you have like thirty something eyebrows and you just pick one. Yeah, thirty something faces, just sort of like the emojis that are on your little mm-hmm, mm-hmm. phone. That's but true. Back before all that. Where you didn't have those selections to pick through, maybe cut it out and glue it to cardboard. Or yeah, whatever. no, it's always that's that. what I'm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> cut some lips out of a coloring book, put it on some card. I mean, uh, some what is that colored paper that you had when you was little? Onion paper? No, <laughs> no. What? That's what I'm talking about. Construction paper. Construction paper. Colored construction paper. The sketches are always drawn on that. Y'all remember that really thin recycled paper you'd get? You couldn't yeah. pencil erase because you'd blow through it. It would blow through it. <laughs> That's, That's what, what the sketches look. Onion paper. Yes, the as thin as onion it skins. <laughs> I, I I would sketch on graph paper. All right. That's he, what I'm saying. Right, his eyes are. Four squares on the same line. Four squares. Yeah, <laughs> we're keeping them everything square. Dude, that'd be the only way you could do, get to it. There ain't no way. <laughs> That's made our drives quite quite a bit easier doing that. And we just started doing that like the last couple of months. But we didn't just start making those trips out there. We've been doing that for like four years. Mm. What have we been doing? With not that? living. That's, not living right. That's for sure. Yeah. Hubert, you got one of the sweetest uh, fire suits that I have. Ever seen. Oh my my f- fire suit that looks like bib overalls, dude! It's the <laughs> sweetest legit. fire suit ever. I've had two fire suits. Well, actually, three. One of them was stolen in the truck, uh, which was plain. <sighs> and then my last one was overalls, and I got a newer one. This one's made by K One. Yeah, and it's actually they tried to make it look like plaid, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like checkerboard looking. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's very close to plaid and bib overalls. It, it it it's a lot of fun. I wear it maybe twice a year. And everyone always loves it. It's it's like new every year. It's for sure the the raddest uh, fire suit I've ever seen. Yeah, most unique for sure. Like pretty synonymous with you. That <laughs> well, it's one thing people look forward to, and everyone's really thumbs up and about. You know, it's all about the the show and making people happy, and you know, just making people laugh, dude. And that's your signature thing. Like you've done it. You've done a good job because you, you've been. You've got a, first of all a crazy following on social media, and you've been around this stuff for a long time. And you you've you've really been like around Pastrana and Nitro Circus and done all that. But dude, you've done like crazy things and, and made a name for yourself, and mm-hmm. not just let that define you. Like 
you are your your own brand now. Yeah, I mean, to to some point, um, you know, I I know where the credit comes from. It comes from working with Travis, working with Nitro Circus, and from very early on, I met Travis at the end of '04, mm-hmm. and I started helping him. I mean, pretty much full time, you know, spring of '05, and basically never left. Yeah, uh, I showed up. They invited me after meeting. You know, I was mechanic for. Uh, a pro women's racer that raced against Jolene, and I met Travis at a race. He he just walks up and he has a cast on his wrist, and he walks up with a backpack full of corn, still in the shuck. He bought it at a little food stand, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, I was going, I was going to eat this, but I don't know." And I was like, "Oh yeah, we eat that stuff out of the field all the time back home. It'll be all right." And he was like, "This guy sounds redneck enough. I'll believe him. <laughs> I trust him." <laughs> and then we kind of hit it off like that, and I won a dollar off of him that day for betting who would win third in the 250 class. Because mm-hmm, everybody bets on third place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was, was, he, was he famous then? Yeah, this he was oh four. So he had been. I don't have good his of time. Profesh, his professional career started roughly 99 2000 okay. era right there, uh, and then it it went on um, 125 250 and all that kind of stuff. And then X Games, and you know that's where mm-hmm. he developed into just more and more exposure all the time. But that's where where I met him, and then they invited me up there while they were doing some filming, and I showed up, and there was just broken stuff everywhere. Yeah, and I just started fixing things because I'm just thinking there you shouldn't have this much stuff, and it's all broke. And I basically kind of never left. His dad, uh, we worked on a bike together and got it ready for a race that weekend, and went with him and helped with the bike, and then went home, and I was telling my buddies, you know, about going doing it and I always had the idea of if it never happens again it happened once yeah and i'm okay with that mm-hmm. uh, just take the very be very grateful and make the most of it i get home and tell my buddies about the trip and all that kind of stuff and my phone rings and it's travis calling me he's like hey i'm going to race a race in tyler texas and it was a, a bigger pro-am race he said you want to come with me and help me work on a bike and i'm like yeah sure He's like, all right, where are you at? I'll come pick you up. <laughs> like, let's go right now. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where are you? He's like, I'm in Tallahassee, Florida. Where are you at? And I'll come pick you up. Yeah, she was ready to roll. <laughs> yeah, and I was back home in Tennessee. And I said, all right, all right, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was like, my truck and stuff is in right outside of Montgomery, Alabama, at a track there. I was like, called Monster Mountain. I said, go there, and I'll meet you there. And we were both about five hours apart. And we took off driving, and we pulled in, like, within 10 minutes of each other right there. Stayed the night, started driving Tyler, Texas. Had a wall. That trip was something else. We're rolling in an F-350 on, like, 37s. Big dog. And it starts popping lug nuts off. Oh, Lord. The front wheel. And we get down to one lug nut. (laughs) We'd we'd stop and tighten them, and then it would pop another one off. And it was breaking the studs off because, I guess, it got untorqued or something like that, out of balance, Mm -hmm. whatever. And we've got a little trailer with two two bikes and a bicycle in it and we stop and i was like man it's one lug nut we can't drive anymore he's like man if we had a skateboard we could take that wheel off put it on there and keep going oh my I'm like no 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 we can't. what on earth and it, it's just being funny but at the yeah. same time I'm like no man we can't so he gets on his road bicycle he bicycles in, in a town maybe five miles ahead gets subway and comes back <laughs> <laughs> of all things well, of all <laughs> Of all things, so, bro. So he, I already know Gabriel was standing out there. I thought you couldn't get any dumber. No, <laughs> but then well, you had totally al- redeem yourself. Well, he had he had already called AAA, and they were like, "We're coming okay. at some time." Okay. So he goes get Subway, 
And I'm like, okay. I said, how far was that town? He's like, all oh, right up there. I said, was there a dealer or anything like that? He's like, well, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I, did, I, I just went to the first store. He didn't go any further. I'm like, all right, all right. Well, so I get a dirt bike out and I ride it up in town. There's a Ford dealer. And I go in a Ford dealer and I was like, I said, man, I said, I hate, I hate to be a, a pest. I said, but we're broke down right down the road. We need to be towed in because we have to be in Tyler, Texas tonight. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes, whatever I need to do to help, you know, just let me know and if y'all can help us. They're like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. We, I went down there, put the bike in the trailer, and literally within five minutes, the tow truck showed up, hooked to us, took us up there. They fixed it, maybe 30 minutes. We were back on the road. So we were, we were only down like probably like two hours. And um, we're cruising down the road, and he gets a phone call, and it's AAA looking for us. <laughs> oh. And he's like, no, 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 no. Uh, that was uh, – that was a false a to- alarm. A, a tow truck pulled up. That was front a prank of us. phone call. Well, <laughs> crank, to- crank call. A tow truck pulled up, and we thought it was you. So, you know, we just went with him. Oh. And like, legitimately, you could really make that mistake if you didn't ask like yeah, questions. Like, oh, they're here to tow us. Let's go. Of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially being in a hurry. And we went to the race, and the race went fair. And then I stayed with him in Oklahoma and for Supercross testing. And then I drove his truck and trailer home, and he had, he went out west. And that was kind of the the beginning road trip of. Here we are, almost eighteen years later. Man, and I can appreciate that, like your humility, and that you you give credit to Travis for where you come from. Oh, one hundred percent, and where you are. And Travis is a great dude. Like we've been out to Pastrana Land a couple of times, dude. He's so welcoming, and he's such a nice person. And I appreciate that about you. But like you're truly a guy that grew up in a small, small town in Tennessee, like really remote. My my town when I was in. Third grade, the population was 450 people. Tiny, mm-hmm. tiny town. And um, now it's about 3,000. And and technically, we're really just a community on a main highway. Yeah. Uh, there's two highways that come together. There's no red lights. There's a store, a Dollar General, and four or five churches, and that's it. Uh, it's, it's a very small town, and we grew up with just enough to get by. Yeah. You know, we didn't really need nothing, but, you know, we had clothes and food and a roof, and we worked on a farm, and that's just— you do whatever it takes to get by. And I just grew up looking at four-wheeler and dirt bike magazines. I had like three. And I looked at those for like eight or ten years. You looked at the, the not the three subscriptions, but the same three No, magazines. the same three magazines for four to five really? to six years. That's all I had. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I remember going with my mom. My brother and me would go with my mom to the grocery store. And we'd run to the magazine aisle and sit on the floor and just mm-hmm. look at the four-wheeler and dirt bike magazines and then when she was done shopping, she'd swing through and get us, and we'd go back home. And, you know, that was every two weeks or so. So we were, you know, every other trip, maybe there's a new magazine. Yeah. You know, really, really yeah. pumped about it. And then as you you get older and you're able to buy your own stuff, you kind of branch into getting what you've always wanted. And it started out like $50 and $200 dirt bikes and work on them for three, four, five, six hours. Yeah. Just to ride it for 15 minutes. But that was the best 15 minutes mm-hmm. ever. And my buddies across our little community, they, the same way, we all grew up kind of basically on my buddy's dairy farm because he couldn't leave. Mm-hmm. And we all had junk, and we just worked on junk together whenever he wasn't milking cows or baling hay or whatever we weren't doing just to go ride and have fun. And then once you get a job and you can afford to go basically pay or finance your first new four-wheeler or, or whatever, you know, there's— this is the first time in my life, actually, that my truck costs more than the toys I'm pulling. Really? <laughs> Most of the time, the toys are always cost more than the mm-hmm. truck. Dude, and what, what, something you told me uh, earlier, dude, that just, it, it showed how much, like, you love it. 
is you said your grandpa had a shop that had an old Suzuki 125. Oh, yeah, yeah. You didn't tell them. My, so my, my mom's house is up by the road. My grandpa lives back behind us, or he did. He's, he's passed away now. But when we were little, like six, seven, eight years old, I was, and I'm three years older than my brother. I'm the oldest. My grandpa worked on lawnmowers and, and weed eaters and chainsaws and a, the occasional foiler. When a foiler come in his garage, we were like blown away, like, mm-hmm. that thing is so cool. <laughs> and this, this people down the road brought him this little Suzuki 125 foiler. And it had a blown motor, and it, we were super little. We don't know nothing about it. And it was easy to pull the rope because it was no compression, no compression whatsoever. We would go up there and pull the rope on that thing for hours a day, days on end, just praying one day it would start. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, we man. probably couldn't even ride it, mm-hmm. uh, even if it did start. Yeah. Um, Do but I mean, we just, that's what we, we look forward to. We always just envied that kind of stuff. And look at the magazines, like, man, that, that looks so cool. I guess you never really forget it. You always kind of chase what you never had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're all guilty on that, really, depending on anything. And then slowly it just develops more and more. I always knew I would do something with off-road machines, dirt bikes full or something like that. That's always what I wanted to do. And as I went through high school, I went into biotech for mechanics. And I come home and went and worked at a, a dealership and basically worked on everybody else's junk. And it wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. But that's when I started racing motocross and stuff. And I thought it was like a, I thought it was like a code, like you had to be invited to a motocross track. Really? <laughs> I didn't know you just get a bike, get your gear, go and pay and ride. <laughs> really? You thought <laughs> I, like I had it no was... clue. Like I, I didn't know how you did that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so it, I started racing and got life flattered a couple times. And you know, always wanted to be that Travis. Of course, mm-hmm. it started way too late in the game. Yeah. And working at a dealership or wherever, you know, you work all week to have enough money to go race and basically to have a hundred bucks to get you through the next week mm-hmm. and driving all over the Southeast, just basically chasing a dream. Dude, that's true love for racing. And man. from that point, went in, I just kind of backed off and said, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'm going to be a mechanic. I'm too old to be a pro motocross racer and I'm really not that good. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm fair and and better than some, but not as good as others. You know, very mediocre range. And that's when I started doing mechanic work, and I'm that's when I met the girl that I'm mechanic with, and then I met Travis, and it it slowly evolved into what it is now. You know, I work worked for free for about two years. Uh, I didn't have any kind of bills. I had a cell phone and truck insurance. That was it. So I needed three hundred bucks a month, and that's all I needed. And you you put the rest towards racing and, and traveling. So just ran with it, and the girl that I helped, uh, she told me right off, she said, I can't really pay you, but we'll cover all the expenses, hmm. and you'll meet whoever you need to meet to get to where you want to be. Hmm. You know, basically, like, open door, but it's it's on you. And before I did all that, like, I had only really barely traveled outside of the southeast a handful of times. We went all the way to Fillmore, Utah, for, like, a senior trip, ATV Jamboree. Yeah. And this is a little bit off subject, but like that was the first time I've been ever been like west, and it stood out big time. I went <laughs> went into a motorcycle dealership out there, and I needed air filter oil for my four wheeler. And I walked in, I couldn't find it anywhere, and the guy said, "Can I help you?" And I said, "Yeah, I need some oil." And it was like, <laughs> "What did you say?" What I said, "I need some oil." And I said it probably five times. He couldn't understand you. And he couldn't understand me. And my buddy Philip came over there and said, "What? What do you need?" He can't. And I told him, he said, no, oh, oh, 
foam filter oil. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like first time in the western part. Mm -hmm. But, you know, always just kind of push towards what I want. And I tell people in general, like the public kind of teaches people in general, um, get a good education, work 40 hours a week, look forward to the vacation days and yeah. vacation time. That's really what we're trained. And that's fine, but it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're not comfortable or you don't feel full inside, then go do what you want to do. Mm. Um, my advice is pick what you love doing and figure out how to make it a job. Yeah. I loved mechanics and dirt work and dirt bikes and four-wheelers, so I did something that was around that kind of stuff. And it's kind of the life I've chose to live, um, but my job is my hobby, so uh, even the girlfriend's like, uh, I love riding, but you don't do anything else. <laughs> I'm like, well, this is who I am. I was right? like, this is me, and and she enjoys it, you know, just as much as I do. Um, she enjoys hunting and all that kind of stuff, and clay pigeon shooting and stuff like that. But that's kind of the route I took. And if anybody wanted to ever get that way, you you just got to meet a lot of people, be willing to work with no expecting anything. Yeah, just work because you love it, do a good job, and if you can make yourself where you don't need a lot of money, it it'll get there. And I. I feel that, like, as as a whole, as a country, we're we're all very money driven. You you got to have money to live. I mean that it's it's unfortunate, but that's how it is. But if the day I realized I wasn't going to be a millionaire, and if I can make enough money to get by and have a little bit left over in case something happens, I was more happy from that day on. Yeah, mm. and I I can almost picture that day. It was well, probably about a year before I met Travis. I just said, you know what? It doesn't matter. It'll be fine. It'll all work out. And my mom loves me, but hates that part of me. Because yeah. she's like, oh, you, you need to write a check to Uncle Sam. I said, no, I don't either, because he's my uncle. And, <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you can ever get to the point to where you don't let money lead you, you're, you're far more happier. Your quality of life is just through the roof. Like, I'm grateful for every single day I wake up. And I'm grateful to meet people like y'all. And I'm grateful to be partnering with great companies and Nitro Circus and all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, I'm, I am where I am from hard work, of course. but also from being part of people like Travis and Nitro Circus. It's a hand-in-hand. -hand. You, you work to get there, but then it has rewards at the same time. Man, I, I, and to me, that's a, a fantastic outlook on, on like how you approach that stuff and what's incredible to me. And I think a lot of people don't recognize, I know you get this a lot um, because we're just kind of starting to hear it of like, oh man, it must be nice to, you know, those must be nice guys to be where you are and to, to do all that. But what you said a minute ago is you were working for that girl for free and all she could offer you was um, your expenses covered to get out there. And you were like, I'll do it. I'll try it. Like, I know I can't get to where I want to be without hard work and some sacrifice. It's not like you walked out here and it's like, man, if you want me to work on your dirt bike, like, I'm only working on Travis Pastrana's. I need to meet him. No. You started with this girl working on her bike for free just to cross paths with people that might put you in a position. That's what a lot of people don't see because they see your huge following like you go into the races and you racing King of the Hammers in these desert races and running around with a nitro circus doing all this cool stuff. They didn't see you working for free. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and it is, it's not mad, but it's a little frustrating because I see people comment, people tag me on like my cross country adventure where I took ETVs and went from ocean to ocean, uh, 29 days, 5,000 miles. And what? I yeah. don't know about this. Oh yeah. We're doing it either. We're doing it. So I, I did that in 17 and I've had people hit me up about it and whatever. And, 
you know, they're wanting all the maps. And I said, you, you just go to the site and buy the maps. And I said, I just edit them to what I need. I went, my mom actually helped a lot. And she did the gas stops on the GPS and hotel phone numbers. And we just zoom in, call and make a, a hotel. But people are like, oh, yeah, it must be easy to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I, I wish people would even halfway know what has to go through someone's head to do that kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. I'm solely responsible to make this and I'm not trying to take credit, but I'm responsible to make all this happen because I've committed to making it happen. Yeah. And I've learned that from Travis right out of the gate is if you c- commit to something, you do it no matter the consequences. Whether it's injury, failure, bankruptcy, whatever, you committed to it, you do it. And he learned that early on from his dad. They were really, he was very, very young. You know, they would go on a jog every morning and he wanted to jump off this bridge and his dad just kind of brush it off and then he would... They, they did it a couple times and finally Robert's like alright get up there and jump off well he got up there and he was he's scared I don't want to and he pushed him off mm-hmm. and the kid could swim really good yeah, you know he's like 8 or so years old he got up to the shore and he I mean he wasn't mad or crying or it like he was kind of kind of like wow and his dad said you never do you never commit to anything and not do it yeah. you mm-hmm. always follow through. follow through just always try to do that because it must be nice people I mean yes we're all working for everything but like us that are self-employed, a self-employed person just in general understands that, like, your brain never shuts off. Yeah. Your brain works seven days a week, 24 hours. I mean, you know that, and y'all know that. Y'all are part of all of, all of this. Your brain never shuts off, and a paycheck's never guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get a paycheck every week or every two weeks or even sometimes two or three months. You So you, you just have to know what goes where and just believe it'll all work out and just Keep hustling, keep doing your thing, and it'll, it'll all be fine. Yeah, but you know that's that's kind of the mindset of for those that are think it must be nice. Mm, they don't um, have a clue, right? I would challenge you to try to put together something like that and know that you have X amount of commitments that must happen no matter what, mm-hmm. and be very engaging. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of calculations and all this kind of marketing stuff, and I don't know a lot of it, but I understand more and more all the time that like. If you just throw out a video and it only hits so many views, well, it's not getting the exposure that companies may have expected. Yeah, and so it it has to it has to be done in the right ways. Yeah, but I br- I, I bring that up to encourage people to uh, to dig a little deeper and don't look at the surface level of where you're at. Yeah, you know, for for me, that's why that's why I enjoy sitting down like this and talking to people because you can find out like where are they coming from, where do they start, and and it it makes you really appreciate where you are because we're we're young and like hustling and trying to get it done and trying to make a name in here too. Yeah, and so um, we get it. Like we were there, so I know when I whenever we look at you, it's not like oh man, look at where Hubert is. Like he got a free ride all the way to where he's at. No, it's, it's yeah, a I lot mean, more than that. And people can think what they want. That's fine. I mean, haters are gonna hate. <laughs> and uh, like like it was said on a David Chappelle show, if you've got fourteen haters, you just figure out how to get twenty by the end of the week. There you know, you whatever. Because if some people are hating on you, you're probably doing something right. Well, I'll tell um, you, we're not hating on you, dude. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate it. You know, and for you. it's funny. Even people expect a lot, and they. They see a certain persona because they see Dr. Circus. We see all of us together doing anything and everything. Well, that's all scheduled. Yeah, It's scheduled film shoots because you can't just run like that seven right, days right. a week, 365 mm. days a year. You would be in serious pain. Mm. Um, and I was at King of the Hammers, you know, a guy saw me and he was like, hey, hey, where are you pitted at? And I was like, I'm that truck over there. He's like. That's all. With no stickers, no <laughs> yeah. meters, yeah. Just a white trailer and my Can-Am sitting outside, and that's it. He's like, 
you mean the crew doesn't come with you? You don't have a crew? I was like, no, I come out here by myself. Mm-hmm. I was like, I have a lot of friends that are already here. I was like, my co-driver is supposed to meet me here. And I'll find someone to give me gas when I go to the pits. And that's, there, there it is. I said, I'm here for a fun time and to finish and just have a lot of fun. Yeah. And he's like, wow, hats off to you, man. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's. Gave him a new appreciation, right? He, he was like, I would have never expected that. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm just hillbilly with <laughs> with uh, bib overall suit. Bruh, driving, suit. driving around. <laughs> <laughs> just a, a flannel and overall fire suit. Just I'm just following the worn out path. <laughs> trying to have fun too, man. It's a, it's a great time though. Yep. No doubt about it. That's freaking wild. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, the per- the perception in that genre of racing is like you said, they see what everybody else is doing and they see your following. Yeah, so mean, they're like... You, but you're living the simplest lifestyle you can. Well, I I seen I seen them roll up and like S three is a big deal, and you know y'all's affiliation with Can Am Monster and all that kind of stuff. I mean that I mean that's a big deal stuff. You know that's very similar to Nitro and Red Bull and all that kind of stuff. You're very big deal. And I see y'all roll up in a dually with a box trailer mm-hmm. and just start throwing plastic totes out on the oh, ground yeah. all over the place and setting parts out and I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I feel all of a sudden a little bit more organized than somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! Hubert, you do shots fired. God, are you doing this our race program right now? No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not beating you up. Like it's just, it's it's real world. Like yeah. I've got a toolbox, and I kind of pride on keeping my tools nice and my parts kind of organized, whatever. And I'm scrambling trying to get like another little toolbox in there and some little totes and trying to make all these things look nice. Mm-mm. Y'all do it. Y'all do. Nope. But at the end of the day, it's like. How many Home Depot totes can we fit in that trailer? Oh yes, sir, dude. And that, that's I love racing that way. You remember my uh, my Renegade that we used to mud race on that Shane and I built mm-hmm. and had the dumbbells like curling yep. dumbbells ratchet strapped to the front bumper for the mud racing, and that's one headlight was gone, and I just left it. I raced it like that. I love racing that away. Yeah, it's not that we're disorganized because Manny is very meticulous with everything and he keeps up with everything and everything is organized perfectly, but I don't mind that perception of you know oh, these guys are showing up to, oh, of, to get it of course but i can i can just picture like an outsider walking up like just willing to give you a hand like especially like me like hey grab me that tote and i, I start grabbing no no the one with the diffs in it over there <laughs> the other yellow <laughs> and, tote and none of them are labeled it's yep. just like, there used to be blue painters tape on them with marker there used to be <laughs> but then they got the lids got swapped and everything got lost but it, but it's so awesome when i saw that i'm like i'm at home but i want people to know home. like when we come out there dude it's not you know, it's not jet setting and and champagne bottles, dude. We're, we're there to race with everybody. Oh yeah. You know, when we show, oh, it's yeah. just like you, dude. Like you show up there in your truck, in your trailer, in your race car, and you need to test it, and you got a pre run, and you got a race. Like, dude, we're there to race with everybody. We're not oh, yeah. anything. We're doing the same thing you are. Like it's our passion. It's what we love. It's what we put our heart into. But that doesn't mean we come up in a uh, in an eighteen wheeler trailer with a full a full uh, oh, F1 yeah. pit crew. <laughs> and maybe it's uh, I don't know. Maybe it's ingrained in me. You and I grew up together, and it's it was always make the most of the least. And so when we were racing, like we didn't have the nicest four wheelers, we didn't have, but we would put as much work in, in it as we could to try to win. And so that's just that's what the way I've always been. I, we don't have to be fancy, like we don't have to have the biggest and nicest. We're coming out there to get work done. And I believe in operating efficiently. And so, you know, a lot of people's like, dude, there's no way I could race on that scale. I couldn't race King of the Hammers. I couldn't. I couldn't win the Mint 400, the World Championships. But you can. 
because that's how we started. That's what we were doing. That's how we got out there and did it. Well, that's what I've been thinking the whole drive here. Like things are going to change for me next year. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna push on the car a little bit more. No, you. But I'm gonna be honest with you. Me and D. Pre- <laughs> <laughs> Is he calling it right now? No, no, no. I'm not calling nothing. Are right you now. Babe Ruth in this hit right here? I, I'm trying to make myself do better next year. Oh man, like, I, I'll be honest with you. Oh, public accountability. Dude, we right. broke. We broke front end five axles. Had I think one flat. We stopped in the pit, fixed the car, jumped on short course, came back, got back in the pit, refixed. The, did you ever see Uber during that time? Not one. <laughs> did time. he ever pass us during that race? No, no, no. And I'm, not, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a reserve driver, but I'll say so. After <laughs> that dude ain't racing, he's trying to get EPA ratings, fuel mileage. <laughs> He's looking at the green eco light clicking on and off. Hey, you got to do hey, what can you Can y'all do. push me? I'm trying to stay at 10 miles a gallon. Y'all get me up this hill. But after after kind of talking to y'all about how suspension acts and like, I know my car is built tough enough to take it. I'm just very reserved because I've seen stuff break it like the weirdest times. And I'll go ahead and tell you, like going across the lake bed pushing 90, I'm just worried. Oh, there goes the tie rod. We're done. We're car yeah. yeah, what could happen. Um, but you've been a part – with Nitro Circus, you've been a part of some crazy, gnarly crashes. Yeah. We, so you know what could happen. I've, I've seen a very extreme. Yeah. And that's not necessarily going to happen in a race like that. Right. Um, but I have seen it, and it, it always clicks in your head. It's always um, in the back of your mind, right? We tried We tried to set up that world record at Brimstone, and Phil drove Yeah. Drove the yeah. the Razor and whatever. And he was – we're trying to set a world record, and we – I spent all week building a landing. We brought in metal ramps and all that kind of stuff, and we we laid it out to where it's just shy of foolproof. Mm-hmm. We said, 70 miles an hour, we'll get you right here in basically a five-foot square. And this is all calculated out. This isn't just a random guess uh, between running bikes over it and running machines over it at different lengths and just doing a lot of calculation. We said, you got a five-foot square that you're going to land in if you go 70 miles an hour. And... He come at it, and he had he had the mindset, and I found out later on he had the mindset of, I don't want to jump it and not make the record yeah. and possibly break something. He said because it might bounce, and he said I just I don't know if I can control it. He said so I want to guarantee I'm going to beat the record. Mm-hmm. So he passed the radar gun at ninety three. Oh my god! And dude, I didn't know that. Y'all he knew it was trouble right then, right? Oh, I mean, as soon as it left the ramp, it was like, bro, he touched Mars. And it, it puts a feeling in your stomach like if you hear about a loved one getting hurt mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, we're a family. And that, that thought went through, my, through your head and through my stomach as I'm watching it happen. And it, we ran down there, and he was okay. He was breathing. They were getting him out. They were helicoptering him. I mean, he needed to be. His back was broken, stuff like that. But they were looking at a the recovery was going to look good if they could make the time frame and stuff like that. And it has. He's done He's done very, very well. He's back to riding motorcycles and all that kind of stuff. You know, cautious. He's lucky, man. Cautious, for sure. Cautiously, his neck's fused and all that kind of stuff. And, and a great, great person. Super positive outcome and a positive mindset. But, like, to watch all that happen, it's just a reality check that, like, that. It could happen. It's over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All this prep, all this whatever – and that's not even the real of it. Like, it's just, it's a reality. Like, life stops at the blink of an eye. Yeah. And it's like, we'll possibly just watch my friend die right there. And luckily, it all worked out. But it puts a reality check on everyone. It's like, all right, we need to we need to reevaluate some things and see what's going on. Because we could have plugged a tuner on, into it, pulled the tune out of it, and limited that thing at 70 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So... 
we could have controlled some of it. You can't control all of it, but, you know, that's the biggest thing is when we're doing big stunts, we do all we can to make it as safe as it possibly can be when the time comes. Yep. Yep. You know, really. But you're, all we're, we're all, everything we do is running on that ragged edge. Us drag, yep. dragging that diesel down there wide open and it getting a death wobble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like when we just on the drive here. Oh, no, like, for sure. We run on that ragged edge. Yeah. I mean? And I mean, like, I've, it, it's funny you're talking about like how you're, you're okay with running stuff that's a little bit ragged. You know, that's how you love racing. Yep. Like how, growing up racing motocross, like my stuff never looked that great, but it always ran good because mm-hmm. I put all the time into making sure it ran. I didn't care what gear I wore. It was just like the bike needs to run good. Yes. But we've all got those friends that it's a little bit more show before go. Oh, yes, sir. And I've got friends the next county over. I'm not going to bring any names or any county names. Uh, yeah, you got some weird counties. Yeah, I, already, I already know which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I got friends in the next county over. They're, they're full on show before go. Mm-hmm. And I've known them for a long time. They're great, great friends. But their bikes are like spotless, look amazing. Mm. And they're hard pressed to put five laps together. Yeah, on a motocross track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when then you got people like Travis and myself that like, our stuff was, it looked decent, but we put in like motors, and motors, and motor, motors, and motors over and over and over again. So it's definitely a mindset for sure to mm-hmm. that. But then, then that's the difference between the the Travises and the other people is, you know, like the the whole ragged edge thing. The thought of injury or the thought of crashing or wrecking does not enter your mind until it's happening. Right. You don't let that stop you from trying mm-hmm. where those that have that mindset of like, whoa, 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 I might get hurt. Well, you'll only ever reach so far. Mm-hmm. And that you know, that kind of goes across the board, whether, whether it's business or motocross or mm-hmm. baseball or whatever, you know, are you willing to risk it? You know, you got to lay it out there sometimes. Yep, yep. Scared money don't make money. <laughs> <laughs> what? Scared money don't make money. <laughs> Oh my Dude, Are you getting a tattoo before you leave Shreveport? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just across his bottom lip. because yeah. <laughs> Scary money don't make money. You were hitting them with them zangers, cuz. I mean, I guess we need to wrap this thing up. I want to know where the belt come from. Well, oh, the man. belt... Actually, is it is it changing hands? I think tonight, man, just because it's our first guest, special guest... All right, all right. I knew it had the, to happen. This, I knew is it had this to thing happen. going to Tennessee? The belt. I, I mean, think D's going to have to bow out. You need to explain to me what the belt is. Okay, so the belt we got at the beginning of the podcast, this is the World Undisputed Championship belt. No regrets. No regrets, okay. <laughs> yee yee. S3 Nation. Like, this is the official podcast. And so, depending on how wild somebody gets, how that, what they tear up, what they've done. So, they, that, that's first place. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, well, sir. I mean, And good. there is no second. Yeah, it's first and only Well, place. okay, because, like, it, I've got motocross trophies. i got more trophies you can stay. Uh, yeah, but you don't have this. Yeah, belt. you ain't got one of these. Are you trying yeah. to flex on us right well, now? All, yeah, all, is, all, all I'm saying is, like, I have a stack of trophies you can't jump a show dog over. Most of them <laughs> are, like... Second, third, fifth, and further back. Hubert, <laughs> not tonight, son. This is the most prestigious. Not tonight, son. Tonight, Hubert, you are awarded undisputed champion. For accumulation of things, first of all, you're the only person that agreed to come on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so don't... <laughs> We're going to go celebrate with some cream sodas and get screwed up like a cricket in a hubcap. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Man. So... This bad boy is yours, Hubert. Handing it up. Actually, D, you know what? You got to yeah. bow out. 
Hubert, you better, you know, you got to take care of this thing. Um, I'm not, I ain't super happy about giving it up. Um, and actually, uh, you know, it's, it'd be kind of like it's, it's like it's both of ours. <laughs> it'd be like it's both of ours. Even though you won, it'd be like it's both of ours. We're just going to keep it in my office. So. <laughs> how does that work? So you kind of won. So you kinda, How does that even work here? You want me to go over there so you can put it He's on He's coming me? to you. He is oh, coming to you. I want to uh, wear it. Man, do we have a theme song or anything we can play? Let me show you the... the <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> you got to do show you the proper ways to wear it. So, oh, okay. so you, you can wear it like this, right? Just straight flex like this. Uh-huh. Or if you're feeling real frisky, you just slide over, over the shoulder. Over the shoulder. <laughs> Look at uh, me. Is he tearing like up it. right now? I, I like it. I the, the how-to on the belt. I like that. D's had this thing. He's been, right. he's defended his title once before. Now he's handing it off. You earned it, Hubert. So... I'll probably just take a. So we have a belt like this at Pastrana. No, now. not like that. You no, don't. You don't. Similar. No, no. Nope. Similar. No, nope, you don't. Similar, but not. Mm -hmm. I've never seen one like that ever. <laughs> There's a belt at Pastrana Land, and Street Bike Tommy pulls that every once in a while. Uh -huh. And we'll just take a, a a little glory ride from his his book. Really? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Look oh, at the man, person yeah. he just turned into. Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I, actually, boy. I think his is actually a little better. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa it ain't whoa. better. Dude, it, it ain't. Walk around like. Ooh. Oh, you got the strut. Woo! The champion right here. You remember when I was talking about humility and how I appreciated I that about Hubert? Remember what we were talking about earlier about haters? Yeah. <laughs> God. Hey, you're the one who. You prescribed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, wear, Hubert, wear it with pride. Oh, I, I'm I'm super proud. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to snake it out the door so you don't go chasing me. <laughs> I'll actually wear it like this for the rest of the podcaster. <laughs> man, man, man. I'll be honest, it does look good on you. It does. I mean, I feel like gold is your color. Well, thank you. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but thank you. Hubert, guy, thank yeah. you, buddy, for taking time to come in on the podcast, dude. Hey, thank you all so much. This is a awesome thing y'all putting on actually i'll be honest when i saw a post about a po i haven't listened to any of your podcasts of course not i've probably only listened to two podcasts ever in my life okay i've been on just a handful of them mostly about events and stuff like that mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. when i saw y'all the podcast i was like oh someone else is doing a podcast now oh, <laughs> oh my god but now that i've been on here and see what y'all are really i mean this is more lifestyle and kind of getting to know each other and of course all that kind of stuff so it Pretty awesome because, like reporting, everything's got an agenda, and if it's about a certain event, you can really only do so much about the event. Yep. Mm -hmm. So this this is pretty awesome. So you've been on a couple of cop podcasts. Uh, you can be honest with us right now. What is your very favorite podcast you've ever been on? You can be honest. Honestly, I've, the, na the name of this one is called Triggers or Records. Yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> but well, you can be honest. So like I've never physically. Like been to the recording, they've all been over the phone. Mm -hmm. Oh, so it's no brainer. This one, so this, this is yeah. your <laughs> so no brainer. Like this one for sure. Oh man, you killed it tonight, you were But that, yeah, awesome. No regret. Best podcast ever so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had some good stories, and, and I, I'm sure everybody could probably say the same thing. Like, uh, it was cool to hear the stories because you feel like you get to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, and I'm sorry if it was one sided. I just you no, know, so it, you're, no, the guest. you're the guest. It felt like it was story time, and uh, unfortunately for the girlfriend of my family, 
I've got more stories than a lifetime. So <laughs> you've lived 10 lifetimes of everybody. Oh, else, I'm, man. I'm very grateful and thankful and grateful for y'all and thankful to be on here and, you know, thankful for everything. Yeah. You've done it, buddy. Proud of what you've done. Well, I'm proud to call you a friend and uh, that we could get you in here with us. Yeah, so we're going to go ride around on that crazy loud truck with we a trash can, can for exhaust. We can freaking tear that thing up tonight. Yeah, we'll oh, go okay. drag racing. Yeah. Four-wheel drive donuts? Yes. You got to wear the belt all night. Yeah. I'll yeah. wear the belt Two dinner. while you sleep. While too. we're doing four-wheel drive donuts. We're going to take you to a nice, nice dinner nice at Applebee's. <laughs> seafood dinner. Did you nice get a reservation? Dinner. Did you get a reservation? Oh, we got no, all ahead. No, we in Louisiana. We don't do none of that stuff like they do out there. Uh-oh. There's uh, there's out some. there. You act like I live in such a bigger area. No, but you, you were at the same place we were. So. Oh, okay, yeah, we've yeah. been to some of the same places. <laughs> I think we all know what we're referring to. Yeah, where? There's, yeah, there's an Applebee's near me. <laughs> oh man, Uber killed it. Thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of Checkers or Wreckers. You can check this one out on Spotify, on Apple Podcast, on our YouTube channel, on Facebook, and on Instagram. We got it everywhere, so go check it out. You can listen, you can watch, and see our boy Hubert take home the World Championship belt. Right here. That's a wrap. (laughs) 